Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Harvey Cruz and Joe Leo, my pals, they are producing the program. And we're ready for the next three on a busy, jam-packed Thursday. You get me on Twitter at Dan Grasser, G-R-A-C-A. We got three baseball games between the two locals that we got to be discussing today. Mets and Braves will get underway in about 20 minutes or so down in Atlanta as the Mets try to save face, and we'll have <laughs> we'll have plenty to say about the New York Metropolitans, as you would expect. I mean, how can you not after you just see the same thing time and time and time again? But we got two Yankee games today. One is already just completed. That is, of course, the front end of the doubleheader that was – Scheduled because of the air situation yesterday, and thankfully, thankfully, it looks like planet Earth again, and it doesn't look like the setting for a sci-fi film. I mean, it's a cloudy, dreary-looking day, like happens, you know, any other day. But at least, you know, the air seems to be improving here, and Yanks playing two games today, and they come up short in the first one to the White Sox, 6-5. to five. It just went down a couple of moments ago, and the takeaways in this one, number one, Yanks couldn't keep the ball in the ballpark. Okay, Severino, second straight start, he gets tattooed. Remember, he had that nightmarish outing last week, Friday night in L.A. against the Dodgers, where he had that nightmare first inning, gave up how many home runs, somehow, someway, gutted through four that night, but tonight he, or today he wasn't crisp again. You know, you can't just keep giving up home runs. I don't care if you got the Yankee offense and you're playing against the crummy White Sox, you're not putting your team in a position to win a baseball game. So this is two subpar outings. Dodgers, you understand, Chicago? Chicago, I mean, the White Sox, they've got talent. And then, fortunately for them, they've played beneath the level of their capability and their talent this year. But today the bats are working, and they get a victory. Yanks tried to battle back in their own right. Couldn't quite get it. They got first and second, nobody out on in the ninth inning against Kendall Graveman. But they're unable to get the uh, tying run to the dish. And instead, they walk off the field losing 6-5 to five here. And yet another loss. More importantly, without the services of Aaron Judge. And, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later on here. And, you know, before the game today, when Aaron Boone was asked about Aaron Judge and, you know, his current status dealing with the toe issue, you know, he had no answers. And you could see frustration starting to settle in here when talking about his availability and moving forward. The only way that I read into it, more than anything else, is that, you know, kind of what we've been intimating here the last couple of days is that, the lack of information sometimes produces a tremendous amount of clarity. And I think that the ambiguity here in this case tells you that he's going to be out a little bit. You know, this is not going to be a short stint. This is not a week. This is not two weeks. I mean, if I'm guessing right now, you're not going to see Aaron Judge probably for close to a month at the very least. You can forget about the Subway Series next week. You might even have to forget about him playing in the All-Star game this year, which is only a month away from out in Seattle because look even if he is back on the comeback trail they're not going to rush him and have him play in a meaningless all-star game which is an exhibition so it it might be a while before you see Aaron Judge it might not be until after the all-star break just to make sure that he is as close to 100% as possible because we know just how important he is to this team and their chances of doing something 
here in 2023. So we'll have a little more on the Yankees a little bit later on. Boone is talking right now, the uh, you know post-game one edition of his comments here. So we'll turn those around for you and give them to you in just a little bit. But we got to start with the Mets. Got to start with the Mets specifically because they lose again last night to the Braves, and they've now dropped the first two games of this series. And when we signed off the air last night, remember we had the short show last night because of the NBA Finals. Congrats to Denver. Had a feeling they would win that game. Um, I believe when we got off the air last night, they had a 4-1 lead. I think it was 4-1. And where have you heard that before? Because they had a 4-1 lead back on Tuesday as well, only to surrender it. And it's like Groundhog Day. Whenever the Mets play the Atlanta Braves, it seems like it's the same script over and over and over again. And that script is Braves always get the better of the Mets. Right? That's it. So if I was Buck Showalter and I had to give a rallying cry to my team before tonight's game and I was in the clubhouse and I said, hey, guys, you know what? Let's give it the old college try, win one for the Gipper. I would just tell them plain and simple, hey, guys, whatever you do, don't get a 4-1 lead tonight. Because you've proved capable of one thing in this series, and that's not holding a three-run lead. And the bottom line is, look, it's almost to the point, right? It's almost to the point where you can't even be surprised anymore when the Mets and Braves line up on the same field. You just can't. The Braves are better. You know, Max Scherzer last night, the frustrating part about last night's game was Max Scherzer, the first few innings, probably looked as good as he's looked all season. It was almost like vintage Max Scherzer. Double-digit strikeouts. He was in total control of that game. And then all of a sudden, the wheels started to come off. But it was like really unconventional, right, in that fifth inning. When it started to be all the infield hits, and, and I like to call it, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. Like how many hits that inning to where the ball didn't even leave the infield, and somehow, some way, that got the Braves in business. And then before you know it, Scherzer hangs one to Sean Murphy, two-run Jack, and then an inning later, it just compounded matters even more. And then at that point, you know, I guess somebody like Scherzer was probably running out of gas a little bit, hung one too many breaking balls, and the Braves caught on. You know why? Because the Braves are a good team. They're one of the best offenses top to bottom in this sport. There's no let up, none whatsoever. And the superior talent that they have on that team, whether it's Ronald Acuna Jr., who's right now the front runner for the MVP in the National League this season, Michael Harris, who won the Rookie of the Year last year in the NL, right? I mean, look at some of the plays those guys made. Defensively with the glove, in the, at the dish with the bat, I, I mean – The Braves just find guys and not find guys. Well, they found them and now they have them. And they're going to haunt the Mets and haunt every other team in baseball for years to come. You know, they've already signed all these guys pretty much to long-term extensions, buying out their arbitration years and keeping them around relatively affordable than maybe even what their true value would net them on the open market. That's a smart organization. That's smart business. And so tonight you don't have Pete Alonso in the lineup. And you kind of figure that he wouldn't because he got hit by that pitch last night while we were on the air, as a matter of fact, immediately left the game. And the latest on Pete is he had a CT scan this morning. He flew to New York for an MRI. They still don't have any results. Buck Walter is optimistic that he could be in the lineup tomorrow when they get to Pittsburgh. I'll believe it when I see it. You hope that's the case, but I don't know. You know, if they're sending him back to New York, that tells you something. Like, you mean to tell me that they couldn't get that type of testing and the equipment necessary in Atlanta, anywhere in the state of Georgia? Did he have to get on a plane and fly all the way to New York? You know, they don't just do that 
to rack up frequent flyer miles. There has to be a reason behind that. So that's why, you know, like I said, I, I, I'm not going to be shocked if he's not playing tomorrow. You just hope it's not anything lengthy. So Mark Vientos is at first base tonight. Shocking because for some reason the Mets decided to call Mark Vientos up from the minor leagues and then just not play him. Which, as I've said, a guy like this who you're hoping blossoms into somebody important for you for the future and a productive player, you're doing him a disservice up here in the big leagues just sitting the bench and not getting opportunities. You might as well have him back down at Syracuse to where he could play every day, continue to get the at-bats, and continue to produce. Build up that confidence. Like, why is he up here if he's not going to play? So he's at first base tonight, and I don't know what's more surprising, to be honest with you, or what the, the, the bigger development is. The fact that Daniel Vogelbach is not in the lineup today, or Pete Alonso's not in the lineup today. Like, for sure, I would have expected Vogelbach to be in there again. I mean, because he's done a lot to justify getting regular playing time, hasn't he? You know, he's got 11 hits since the beginning of May. He didn't let me finish. Right? He should be in the lineup each and every day. I mean, he's, he's, he's produced tenfold. I mean, opposing teams, they're up, they're up countless hours of the night when they see the Mets on the schedule and they realize how in the hell are we going to pitch to Daniel Vogelbach? We can't let Daniel Vogelbach beat us. But the Mets finally got the hint. I, I mean, that would have been ugly tonight, too, with Spencer Strider pitching, who's got as filthy as stuff as almost any pitcher in the National League right now, and the guy's got Cy Young Awards in his future. I mean, he, he would have made somebody like Vogelbach look ridiculous if he was in that lineup tonight. So let's see if the Mets can salvage something here, right? It'd be nice. Verlander on the hill. Remember, he threw a lot of pitches his last time out. And you hope that he's a little bit more economical tonight. Gives the Mets a chance to win the game because I don't know who's going to be up in this bullpen. I don't know who's going to be available. And, and more importantly, do you actually trust them? Do you trust anybody in this Mets bullpen right now? I mean, after what we've witnessed the last couple of nights down there? I sure as heck don't. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll take plenty of your calls. Like I said, a lot on the Yankees, a lot on the Mets. We'll do some NBA Finals a little bit later on. I'm excited to talk to our good buddy, PJ Carlissimo. He's going to join us coming up at 915. He, of course, is announcing this NBA Finals on ESPN Radio. So PJ down in South Beach will get a nice dinner in tonight, and he'll have some time to check in with us in a couple of hours to talk about what we saw last night and maybe what we could come to expect tomorrow in what is, for all intents and purposes, you know, this is the Miami Heat season tomorrow night. If they lose that game tomorrow and fall behind 3-1, do you really think they're winning three straight with two of them in Denver? I don't. So Big game for the Heat tomorrow and another virtuoso performance last night for one Nikola Jokic. We'll talk to PJ a little bit later on. We'll get into some football matters as well. Giant coordinators spoke today, even though they didn't have OTAs. They canceled it because of the air quality, which you can't blame them. Um, and there's just this, 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 this hate. You know, I guess there's one in every crowd, but this hate for the Jets from some members of the media, which for the life of me, I cannot understand. We'll share with you what we're talking about, but we come back. We'll take your calls, and more importantly, you know, I have a question about the Mets in particular, and the question is, was last year a fluke? You know, because it's not like the Mets were reeling off pennants before last season rolled around, so maybe last year was the fluke, because now they've reverted back to 
their old non-impressive ways. And maybe that's the reality that we should be dealing with here for a bit. And also did some digging, too, about just how much the Atlanta Braves own the New York Mets. Pretty staggering. Dan Gross' show. It is Thursday. Where else would you rather be? Right here, 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. By evidence of us coming off a tough loss yesterday and coming back and getting a lead and then them going ahead and coming back and tying the game up, you know, you don't do those things if you uh, have that mode of operation. Our guys will get what they're putting into this eventually. Our guys don't wall around in self-pity. They know that people are going to step on your neck when you're down and just try to do it the other way. There's one way to make it stop happening that's going to reciprocate. We tried tonight. We just couldn't finish the game. Dan Gross, the show. That's Buck Showalter turning into the beleaguered skipper of the New York Mets. By the way, I know that there's this, like, growing kind of movement that's happening in some circles of Met fandom land that it's all the manager's fault and, you know, he's the one that's got to go. I mean, guys, relax. It's not the manager's fault. The fact of the matter is that right now I'd feel better, and I think most Met fans would feel better, if Buck Showalter strolled up to the batter's box with a bat and helmet in hand and, and, you know, faced any pitcher that they threw at him because these guys in the lineup stink right now. They stink, you know? But, and I was thinking about this, you know, just trying to put it into proper context about the Mets and the fact that they can't beat the Braves. It's, it's really not even worth getting upset over, right? Because it's reality. Like, why fight it? The Braves are the Mets' daddies. Whatever type of analogy you want to use, it's fact, Right? And the results are there to prove it. And we're not just talking results from this week or this year or last year. Guys, we could go back a very, very long time. The Braves are better. The Braves are the standard right now. They've owned the National League East for 30 years, more than 30 years. I even had some fun with them earlier today. Like, I I noticed that the official Braves Twitter account, they tweeted out their lineup today for tonight's game at 1.30 this afternoon. Six hours before first pitch. No team does that. No team. Even for, like, gamesmanship. They'll, like, try to keep the other squad guessing. Well, who do we got to prepare for tonight? Who's going to be in the lineup? Who are we going to face? Braves are like, oh, who do we got? The Mets? Yeah, like, we're really afraid of them. Let's put the lineup out there. Let's tell them, you know, what our plans are. Let's tell them what the strategy is. Let's tell them how we're going to pitch to every guy in the lineup. They don't care because they know the Mets aren't going to beat them. So, anyway, I did a deep vibe, or a deep dive. 
1991. You remember 1991? Harvey, you got the, the, the time machine stuff there? You got that sound effect? Going back in time? There you go. Let's go back in time to 1991. It was a glorious time, right? Glorious. I love the 90s. But if you remember from a baseball standpoint, that was the year the Braves rose to prominence. Right, They went from worst to first, and they were actually like a real good story in 91. They made it all the way to the World Series. They lost in seven games to the Minnesota Twins, right? That was a fun Braves team. They had that young talent. You know, David Justice was a young pup on that team. John Smoltz became a big-time postseason pitcher. You had Glavin. Ronnie Gant was on that team. You know, it was a Braves team that you're like, oh, this, you know, it's fun. But if I would have told you then that it was going to be like this for 35 years, you'd have probably been like, all right, you know, no thanks. It was like the first time the Patriots won the Super Bowl in 2001 with Brady. You're like, oh, that's a great story. You know, this ain't going to happen. It's a one-year fluke. Don't get used to this. And then look what happens. 20 years later, they were still winning. So I went back to 1991, guys. All right? And I, I, I poured through the numbers. I crunched the numbers. I had the candle still lit till the wee hours of the morning trying to sift through all this data. 31 years of baseball. Head-to-head Mets-Braves. Okay, so 31 seasons. How many times out of those 31 years do you think the Mets actually took a season series from the Atlanta Braves? 31 years. You know what the answer is? Six. That's pathetic. And you know what? It's not like the Braves have been a dynasty for all 31 of those years. Like, the Braves actually had some lean years, but they reloaded in a hurry. See, that's the difference between the Braves and, like, everybody else. Even when they do kind of retool, they only stay bad for a couple of seasons, and then, boom, they're right back in the playoffs. And then, boom, they're right back in the World Series. So in the 31 seasons since the Braves went to that World Series, Mets have beaten them six times in a season series, Braves have beaten them 23 times, and they've tied twice. And so far, if you want any sort of indication about this year head-to-head, well, the Braves have won four out of five. And we kind of know which way that one is going to go to. And the Braves, believe it or not, what they're doing this season, beating up on the Mets, beating up on everybody else, they've got the best record in the National League. They're doing it without two of their best starting pitchers who have been already on the shelf for a couple of weeks and are probably going to be out for a good portion of the summer. Max Fried, who was the runner-up in the Cy Young Award last year. Kyle Wright, who won 21 games for them last year. They're not even part of this. But the Braves are a competent organization. I know I'm sitting here and I'm throwing flowers at the Braves, but you know what? It's deserved. It's justified. Okay? And it just goes to show you, That you don't need, and this is how I bring it back to the Mets, you don't need the richest owner in the sport. You don't need $400 million payroll to build an organization. Money's nice. Doesn't cure all your problems. Look at this Braves team, for example. Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzie Albies. They were free agent amateur signings. Back when they were, you know, teenagers, basically international signings. You know what that is? That's scouting, finding these players. Austin Riley, Michael Harris, Spencer Strider, all draft choices. You know what that is? Scouting. Sean Murphy and Matt Olson. they traded for them from the Oakland A's. So they saw the Oakland A's are having a fire sale. They traded for Matt Olson, who's a productive first baseman. They trade for Sean Murphy, 
who's become one of the best catchers in baseball this year. You know what the Mets did when they tried to take advantage of the Oakland A's fire sale? They signed Mark freaking Canna. Think about that. Braves got Olsen and Murphy. The Mets signed Mark Canna. Oh, I would say that's equal. And as I said earlier, they've locked up most of these guys because they're sound and smart organizationally when it comes to their spending. Hey, we've got young, talented players. We know that in six years or whatever, when they hit free agency, we're not going to be able to afford them because they're going to probably be worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So let's get a deal that's fair. We'll buy out their arbitration years, buy out maybe their first couple of years of free agency, and keep them around for a while so we can continue to grow and win with this core. Think about it. A couple of years ago, man, they lost Freddie Freeman for nothing. Freddie Freeman was the face of their franchise. Freddie Freeman was an MVP. Freddie Freeman, a future Hall of Famer. Freddie Freeman, who killed the Mets repeatedly. They lost him, and they haven't skipped a beat. Think about that. Haven't skipped a beat. That's what's got to drive you crazy. And that's why when you look at building a roster and building a team, the, the, the payroll and the flexibility is nice, but you don't have to have the highest payroll and a record-setting payroll to win games. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that you're building a smart organization. Like, how many guys, if we were going to play like the head-to-head -head game, like how many guys, position by position that the Mets have, would you actually take guys that the Atlanta Braves have if we're matching them up? But it doesn't matter because the Mets make – their guys are getting paid more money, right? They're more expensive players. Well, they don't play like it. They don't play like it. All these young guys that I mentioned for the Braves that they either drafted, that they signed internationally, that they trade. Like, where are these guys for the Mets? What, are you holding on to Pete Alonso and, and Jeff McNeil? That's it. Who else? Oh, Francisco Alvarez? Oh, okay. But, but you see my point? Like, how many guys are actually, like, homegrown Mets that are part of this team? The two richest guys on the team who are the most important players are two 40-year-old pitchers who are on their last legs before they go to the Hall of Fame. They stopped over in Flushing, Queens to take Steve Cohen's money as one big monster paycheck before they write their acceptance speech going into Cooperstown. They figure, hey, Cooperstown's in New York. Mets are in New York. Let's stop over, get $43 million a year from these suckers, and then we'll make our way up to Cooperstown and get our plaque and then go live our life in Malibu someplace. Right? That's what it is. Nothing more, nothing less. Tip your cap, you know? Acknowledge what smart, sound, organizational team roster construction is. Braves have it. And that's why they've been good for the better part of 35 years. 800-919-3776. That is a telephone number. Say hi to Dan in Rockaway. He's going to start us off here on 98.7 ESPN. Danny, how are you? Hey, it's Dan in Rockaway, but it's all good. Um, listen, Epler's an idiot, right? Because I believe his name is Josh Bell from the Padres. Killed us during the playoffs and was a free agent. And he just let him go to re-sign Daniel Vogel back for like a million bucks, right? I, I don't know. You spend all that much money, but then you're saving money by signing, signing idiot Vogel back, who he traded for, gave mm -hmm. away a pitcher for, right, and who came over last year and didn't do anything. He made sure he re-signed him. That was, that was stupid, right? And then Cohen, right, I don't even understand why he hired Epler in the first place because Epler had like two of the greatest – 
um, players in, 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 in Major League history, and they still couldn't make the playoffs. It, it, like, it, it makes no sense. That's all I got to say. Dan, I appreciate the phone call. He, he, look, a couple of things. First of all, they didn't, bring, they didn't re-sign Vogelback. Vogelback still wasn't even, like, eligible for free agency. He was like an arbitration player. You know what I mean? Like, he was – they just had his rights. He doesn't become a free agent, believe it or not, until after 2024. Daniel Vogelback. So it's almost like, you know, they doubled down and they're like, yeah, we're, we're going to bring this guy back. We're going to bring him back. Just to justify the move at the trade deadline last season. You got to have something to show for it because Darren Ruff is gone, right? Tyler Naquin's gone. Michael Givens gone. All the other guys that they swung and missed on at the deadline last season. And what you said about Anaheim, you're right. You're right. And that's why when people say, you know, I forgot what reporter it was about Shohei Otani. Well, you know, the Mets are a favorite for Shohei Otani because Billy Epler was the GM when he signed with the Angels. Like, when I hear that, I, I try to brace myself so I don't fall over too hard from laughing. Like, do, do you really believe Billy Epler was the reason that Shohei Otani picked the Angels? I, I mean, he wouldn't know Billy Epler if he fell on him. What do you think? Like, if you, if you take the red eye to Tokyo... And you go to downtown and they got all those tall buildings and everything and all the, 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 the posters and the signage and everything. What do you think? They got pictures of Billy Epler up there like he's some sort of like baseball genius hero in Japan that the legend of Billy Epler travels to the Far East that everybody knows about him and they want to play for teams that he's the general manager for? Stop. Stop. An idiot could have been running the Angels and Otani would have signed there. He wanted to be on the West Coast. It's not like they outbid everybody for his services. Remember, it wasn't like that with Otani. It was international spending money that not every team has the same amount of. So you factor in all those things. That's why he picked the Angels. He ain't going to pick the Angels again when he can get paid an arm and a leg in about three and a half months from now. Trust me. And it's not because Billy Epler ain't there either. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. More of your calls. We'll get into some Yankee stuff, too, and the latest on Aaron Judge. At what point do we worry the lack of information that we're getting about the MVP? Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this, too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Harvey, I think you know what to do. I think you have a little song to play, don't you? 
A you song? Got a song to play. Oh, you got a little song to play. You know which song we're talking about. A baseball. No, there you go. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I mean, what am I watching? What am I watching? It goes from bad to worse. I, I, I mean, it's unbelievable. What I'm, it's it's like I'm watching the Bad News Bears wearing a Met uniform. I thought we played the song during good occasions. No, I mean this is this is like if I'm Justin Verlander, I take my uniform off on the mound right now and walk off the field. This is embarrassing, Starling Marte. So let, let let's set this up, okay? While we were in commercial, Austin Riley doing Austin Riley things because he's a good player. He tattoos one to the opposite field, a two-run shot off of Verlander to give the Braves a 2-0 lead. Then, um, who hit that last one? The one that Marte just lollygagged after. It was, was it, oh, it was Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario, a base hit to right field to where Eddie Rosario is looking down thinking it's a single because that's all it should have been. But Marte does not get in front of the ball. He just reaches down with his glove to pick it up to his side. The ball goes under his glove all the way to the wall, run scores, 3 nothing Atlanta. I, I mean, it just keeps getting better and better and better. What can you say? You know, not for, like I, I'm going to ask this question legitimately because I don't have the answer to it. Maybe somebody can provide the answer for me. And maybe he's listening to the show. I hope he's listening to the show. Is Steve Cohen actually paying attention to what is going on with his team? For real. Or is he still fighting with Eric Adams about whether or not they're going to build a damn casino at City Field? And they're fighting over the parking spaces and whether or not the Mets are going to have access to all that stuff and so on and so forth. Because it seems like every time I see Steve Cohen in the news, it's about that stuff, the political real estate squabbles. Does he know what's happening with his team? Or do they call him up and they say, hey, Steve, you know, don't worry about it. Here's another billion dollars. And he just gives them the money and say, do whatever you want. It's like Steve Cohen's an absentee parent who has a lot of money and he's rich and he's not really attentive to his kids. And just to appease the kids, he gives them the credit card. That's all he does. But he doesn't realize it until he comes home from work one night and he sees the house burned down because the kids threw a house party. That's what's happening to the Mets. And you know what? It should be as plain as day if you are paying attention. As I said, these last three days should serve as an example, right? The prime example. Because the team in the other dugout is the epitome of a smart, sound baseball operation. The epitome. You should sit there. You know, Buck Showalter's got that little notebook he writes in. He should take notes. Everything the Braves are doing, from what kind of bubble gum they have in their dugout, what kind of sunflower seeds. They should send a spy into the Braves clubhouse to see what kind of food they serve before and after the game to the players. Anything. Copy everything. Call yourself the Braves for that matter. Become the New York Braves. I mean, I, I, I honestly, like, I'm watching Justin Verlander right now, and I feel bad for him. This is a guy who's proud. He is an ultimate competitor. This guy's one of the great pitchers of this generation. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. The guy was 38 years old, or 37, and they told him, hey, Justin, you need Tommy John surgery, man. This guy already won a World Series. He had won two Cy Young Awards. He had won an MVP award at that point. He could have just said, I'm going to take my $200 million or whatever I've made in this game, go live with my supermodel wife, and enjoy the spoils of everything that I've achieved in this game. And Justin Verlander said, no. 
in the middle of a pandemic, no less, in 2020. He said, I need Tommy John. I'm going to have the Tommy John. And I'm going to rehab. I'm going to work my ass off. And what happened? He missed all the 2021. He comes back last year and pushing 40 years of age, helps the Astros win a World Series, and he wins his third freaking Cy Young Award. That's a competitor. And this is how he's got to go out. Now, look, he's getting $43 million for it, but this is how he's got to go out playing with these guys? This $400 million waste of money? I said I wasn't going to get angry, and I'm not. I'm just trying to illustrate just how bad this is. Bobby in Long Island is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Good evening, Bobby. How are you? Hi, Dan. Uh, make that $410 million should have been. That's true. I forgot, to, I forgot to carry the one. Yeah, that's right. No, no, because I have a reason for saying that. Because uh, there's a DH, which was a pivoting, was terrible last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, Vogelbeck sucked last year. And they had a free guy named J.D. Martinez that was waiting to be had for $10 mm-hmm. million. Dollars. And they just didn't even look at that. I can understand he spent a lot of money on pitching. Maybe he didn't want to spend $10 million on a DH. But that was a, that was a big piece that was missing from this team this year. And you I mean J.D. Martinez, the guy who – J.D. JD Martinez, who leads the National League in slugging percentage this year, J.D. Martinez? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he's like – Third and doubles. He's a, he's one of the best hitters in baseball, and the Mets could have made a fit. And they had Volga back back fifth yesterday. I'm thinking to myself, oh my god! I mean, this is this is what it come down to. You're putting Volga back. This sounds bad. Just line up. You put uh, a 200 hitter who only gets on when he walks up fifth. I, I mean, I don't understand why they didn't go out to get JD Martinez. That was a big missing piece that they needed this year. Yeah, Bobby, I hear you. And, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, and I thank you for the phone call. Um, But you know what? With the way things are going right now, I could easily say if J.D. Martinez was signed by the Mets, do you really think he'd be having the season that he's having right now? Probably not. Seriously, probably not. And I I posed this question earlier, guys, and I'm going to repeat it again. What if last year was the fluke? Right? Everybody thought that last year was the turning point. Oh, 101 wins. Buck Showalter. New ownership. They figured this thing out. You know, winning is going to be consistent for years to come. What if last year was the fluke? I don't want to spoil Christmas before it happens. That's not my job. Okay? It's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm just trying to be realistic to you. Sometimes we have to have these deep and open and honest conversations. That's what we try to provide here. But think back to before last year. 70 wins, 77 wins, 86 wins. Then the COVID year, 77 wins. And then this year, you're a sub-500 team. And now Buck is arguing already in the second inning. He comes out of the dugout. If I'm Buck, just get tossed. Like, maybe it'll light a fire under this team. But I wouldn't want to sit and watch this crap either. I'd rather sit in my office and maybe get a head start on the post-game spread, some wings, you know, whatever. I don't want an up-close view of this. It's embarrassing. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Quick timeout. We'll come right back and get into the Yankees, too, because you know what? Yankees are a little bit better shaped than the Mets are. They've somehow managed to win a lot of these games, but Yankees have a little bit of concern, too, especially if Judge is going to be out a lot longer than they're willing to admit. Grasso Show till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. There you go. Yeah. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Mets are actually mounting some sort of a rally in the second inning. They've got one across the board and have the bases loaded with one out, cutting that deficit to three to one. We'll see how this turns out here. But as far as the Yankees are concerned, you know, I, 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 I've kind of articulated this the last couple of nights, and I still believe it, that I don't like what's coming out of that clubhouse as far as Aaron Judge is concerned. I know Judge talked today, and he said that, you know, you don't want to speculate on anything, but it doesn't feel great right now. And before game one this afternoon, Aaron Boone met the media, and of course he was peppered about Aaron Judge and the toe and where things are at, and he said that right now, well, he's hobbling around. Like, we're not going to know anything for a few days. You got to prp injection into his toe like so he's sore from that and we got to get swelling out of there and hopefully in the coming days we'll have a better idea of timetable but right now you know he's kind of hobbling around again i'm not a doctor okay but we've all had like bumps and bruises in our lives i would think that if something is still swollen this is now what sunday monday tuesday wednesday that five days after the injury takes place that's not good Right? That's not good. Ordinarily, you would just rub some tussin on it or something and get that swelling out of there, but maybe the Yankees haven't taken that approach yet. I don't know. I'm not the doctor. They don't ask my opinion. But then Boone again was pressed a little bit further as to what the status is realistically, what can we expect in terms of a timetable, and got a little edgy. Honestly, guys, with the, with the timeline, we don't have a timeline right now. It, you know, we don't know. Got a shot in his toe yesterday. I'm going to have an answer for you. When we do, we will give you the best timeline we possibly can. You know, like to throw out a timeline right now that's spread out, it's like it may be way better than that. It may be worse than that. I'll ask you guys this question, okay? And even if you didn't attend medical school, if it was going to be on a shorter-term scale, would there even need to be a timeline? Right? If it wasn't serious at all, would we even have to be sitting here talking about a timeline? But the fact that they don't even want to give you one tells you there's a pretty good chance you might not see them until after the All-Star break. You know, we've been down this road before. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. He did it. Oh, my gosh, he did it. Brandon Nimmo just hits a go-ahead grand slam, and the Mets are up 5-3. Yeah. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and have a lead in the second inning, Mets. They still got to get 24 more outs, guys. Let's not, you know, throw the parade just yet. Remember, they blew 4-1 leads the previous two nights. You think 5-3 to three is safe? Alan Toms River is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Al. How are you? Good. Um, I just wanted to tell you, everything you're saying about the Mets is Right with the Yankees, too. Um, they do some crazy things signing these guys to long-term c- contracts, and I think that's a big, big problem with them. 
And they should have learned with their past mistakes of what they're doing. So now I got a feeling that we could see another John Carlos Stanton, you know, with Judge. And, In um, what way? Um, well, I don't know. You know, you, you don't really find out what, what's going on with Stanton. You know, there's never anything talking about. And he just goes on year after year, hurt, you know. I think the same thing might happen with him, with Judge. Eh, I, I don't. That's a little much, they, Al. I, I think they put uh, – you know you know what? I was against them resigning him. I think they should have just let him go, and I think they would have been better off. So, so you were against the Yankees re-signing Aaron Judge, and you thought they should have been better off letting yeah, him go? Yeah, I thought they should have forgot about it. Uh, so. Al, you know what? You have just yeah. gone into the Caller Hall of Fame for this program. I thank you for the call. You gave us a gold line that is probably going to outlast this show. Harvey, clip that, save that, and put it in the Caller Hall of Fame. <laughs> Better off not signing Aaron Judge. I mean, come on, guys. I Look. Yeah. I mean, some, right, some, Al just got inducted to the Hall of Fame. This is Hall of Fame. It's graduation. He just graduated. He graduated from middle school to the Hall of Fame. He made the jump right there. Better off not re-signing Aaron Judge. Guys, look, you know what we just had right there? We just had our first example on New York Radio live that everything you've heard over the last few days from all our public health officials and so on and so forth, it's 100% accurate. The air quality is dangerous. And it could do crazy things to your body and your well-being. Better off not re-signing Aaron Judge. Do you know what the Yankees would look like without Aaron Judge? Well, did you watch today's game? And the fact that you're relying on Willie Calhoun to get big hits. Willie Calhoun looks like a bat boy. He looks like he's 12 years old. I'm bigger than Willie Calhoun. And that's what you'd be relying on if you didn't re-sign, re, not re-sign Aaron Judge. He is the, Aaron Judge is the Yankees. He's the best player in baseball. Oh, that's a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> Anthony in the car is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Anthony, how are you? Hey, Dan, what's going on, brother? What's up, Anthony. Big, big shout-out to the company. So, I uh, I can't follow up that call. I, I, I kind of just want to <laughs> hang up right now. Um, we, we Honestly, with, with doing that, we should just cut Garrett Cole. We should eat all the money that we gave him. And uh, Rizzo, we should just trade everyone to the Astros. I think we'd be better off. What do you think? Right. Absolutely. On, well, I mean, just give them whoever you – you know what? Garrett Cole – Garrett Cole, I still think he left some things back in Houston from when he lived there for a couple of years there. They're missing some pitchers. I saw Lance McCullers is going to be a little bit late coming back off the injury. He hit oh some setbacks. God. Why don't you give him Garrett Cole? Dan, Dan, without Aaron Judge, we're, we're the Trenton Thunder. Come on, guys. Wake up a little bit. Oh, my goodness. I wanted to talk you off the ledge, but I feel like that guy needs some talking to. So, anyway, so getting getting back to my Yankee point, um, I was talking to Joe Leo, and you know we're we're kind of depressed about you know probably getting swept by the uh, by the White Sox today. I mean, in a series, I, I just it's it's hurt. It, it hurts. It hurts a lot. Um, but honestly, I told Joe Leo too. I am just happy, and and Dan, I don't want to you know rub salt in your wound, but I'm just happy that we're not the Mets, being that 
you know, you guys have the Braves on your hands. I, Anthony, and let me tell you something real about, quick. Don't yeah. don't tap dance right. around or tippy toe around, you know, hurting my feelings. Like I like I I've tried telling you guys. Like we have fun with it, we play it up, but if you think I'm losing an, a, a second of sleep over what the Mets do or don't do, you're sadly mistaken. I I could care no, less. I, I know that. You know what I mean? I, I know that, Dan. I know. But uh, you know, just just like talking about like with the with you guys having the Braves to deal with for the next eight to ten years with all the contracts that they've given up. Um, I was telling G- Joe Leo with you know the Orioles up and coming, we got to worry about them for the next five years at least. Um, and the Rays, I mean, we're just in in New York right now. It's just it's just not it. And uh, I just feel like we both got to turn it around, Dan. Let's go Mets. Let's go Yankees. Let's go New York. Thanks, Anthony. Anymore. Good stuff, as always, my friend. You get back to us. Look, I, I agree with that last part, what you said. I mean, why shouldn't you want both teams to be good? Well, because when they're bad, you get an hour like basically we've had this hour, at least when one of the teams are bad. Um, look, next week, check this out. Next week, we got the Subway Series. Two games at City Field, Tuesday and Wednesday. For all intents and purposes, Aaron Judge ain't going to be playing in it. And... You know, we still don't know about Alonzo, but there's a chance that Pete Alonzo might not be playing in that series. You lose the two biggest bats on either side. You know, it's not going to have the same amount of buzz. I remember some of those years when the Mets and the Yankees, like, were both not— I mean, the Yankees were never, like, bad, bad Mets bad. But, you know, the Yankees went through some years there where they didn't have as much, like, star power as you would have expected them to usually have in the lineup. And those games were kind of just like, blah, right? Subway Series got a little bit played— Interleague play got a little played. And plus, it's still early. Like, you know, it feels like we're not even, like, into the season yet. I, like, when I saw the schedule the next week they're playing, I was like, really? It just kind of, like, snuck up on you a little bit. But whatever. They got to get them in somehow, some way. Uh, good first hour. We come back. We'll take more of your baseball calls at 800-919-3776. We'll also get into some NBA finals. And why are some people so down on the Jets? Please explain that to me. We'll try to figure it out. Grasso Show till 10 on this Thursday, 98.7 ESPN. You know what? I was against them. We signed him. I think they should have just let him go, and I think they would have been better off. He graduated from middle school to the Hall of Fame. He made the jump.